turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Life of Influence isn't achieved overnight. It's, it's built through consistent application of wisdom and hard work. In my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big, I provide you with 120 bite-sized nuggets of insights on practical topics such as marriage and finances, as well as wisdom for personal growth and leadership development. Then I ask you some very penetrating questions to help you reflect and apply what you've learned. This book will stimulate self-examination and provide fuel for personal transformation. The best thing about it is I'm offering this book to you absolutely free. That's right. A free copy of 120 Minutes to Live Big mailed to you as a gift. I'll also give you 30-day access to my Growth Lab, a program designed to help you grow from good to great, mediocre to extraordinary, from small to big. It's my prayer that this gift leaves you with a burning desire to be better and become everything that God wants you to be. So if you want to live a life that overflows and blesses others, this gift is just for you. Claim your free book and and get uh, your free 30-day access to my growth lab. To do that, all you have to do is visit dgmfree.com. That's dgmfree.com. You were made to think big, do big, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger Just grow, let the world overflow, yeah Live a life bigger than yourself You're created for greatness Live a life bigger than yourself You've tuned in to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big Message. And blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And then it says, this is where it gets tricky. And he gave him a tithe of all. The third thing Melchizedek did, say with me, third thing, third thing, is he received the tithe. Now, we embrace the bread and the wine. You know, and it represents, again, the blood covenant. We, we embrace the, the blessing of forgiveness. We, we embrace the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We, we embrace the many blessings that Jesus comes to offer but many of us stopped there. But Abraham didn't, and neither should we. And he gave him a tithe of some, of all. Now, here's the deal. We don't debate the bread and the wine. We don't debate most of the blessings. But all of a sudden, when it comes to the tithe, all of a sudden, there's a whole bunch of debate about what we should do. I mean, after all, all Jesus ever did for, for me is, you know, get beat all night and then, then hang on a, a splinter cross. I mean, 
After all, all he ever did was love me when I was unlovable. All he ever did was forgive the unforgivable. All he ever did was redeem the irredeemable. And when it comes our turn, I mean, he did what he was supposed to do on the cross. But when it comes to our responsibility, all of a sudden we have theological issues. All of a sudden, we're not sure if that's New Testament or Old Testament. It's going to get good in a minute. You see, the tithe is not about God needing our money. It's about him needing to be first in our lives. Rockefeller said, one of the richest men in American history said, I would never have been able to tithe my first million dollars. If I hadn't built my tithe muscles, tithing my first salary, which was only 150 per week. So there's no way you're going to tithe a million if you haven't worked with that 10. So if you're waiting until you're in financial position to do it, you're probably never going to do it. Stay with me. Stay with me. Generosity is the only way we could keep the things we own from owning us. Someone said, say it again. I like to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> but generosity is the only thing that we have to keep the many things we own from owning us. The only thing we, the only way we can break that power of, of clinging and holding is by letting it go and giving it away. All right. Hebrews 7. Now consider how great this man Melchizedek was. To whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tithe of the small. Now, Abraham was the father of the Jewish people. He, he was the descendant of Jesus Christ himself. We trace the blessing through Abraham. But as great as Abraham was, he was still not greater than this Melchizedek. And verse 7 explains. It says, now beyond all contradiction, meaning this is reasonable, makes sense. The lesser is always blessed by the better. Meaning... If I went before the Queen of England and I happened to be British and I was to be knighted, I would not knight her. She's the queen. Her role's greater than me. Instead, I get on my knee and she knights me. If we were on the basketball court, LeBron James would probably not ask me to lay hands on him so he could play the way I do. He'll lose his contract, all his money, and all the rest. Instead, I'd be like, Brother LeBron, would you pray for me so I can start doing some of what you do? Do you understand what I'm saying? The lesser is blessed by the better or the greater, meaning this Melchizedek was even greater than Father Abraham, which is pretty, pretty great. Some heavy lifting, but we're going to be, we're, you're going to be stronger. Then it says, eight, here, speaking of on earth, in the Levitical economy where you had Aaron and all those guys, you know, moving around a tabernacle, mortal men receive tithes. But there, speaking back with Melchizedek, who is a type of Jesus, he, Jesus, receives them. According to this scripture, Jesus receives 
the tithe. And then it goes on to explain of whom it is witness that he lives. So according to scripture, every time I tithe, I testify before angels and demons that I believe Jesus lives, that I believe I have a high priest passing to the heavens. I believe that Jesus is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. I don't tithe because I'm afraid of what might happen to me if I don't. I tithe because I love Jesus a thousand times more than Abraham could have ever loved Melchizedek. Verse 9. Even Levi, watch this, who receives tithe. You see, again, you can't talk about Melchizedek without talking about the tithe. Because that's what he did in his particular order. It's part of his order. So Levi paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, meaning that when Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek, Levi was still kind of in his, in his loins, meaning his seed would produce Abraham, then it would produce Isaac, then it would produce Jacob, and then the 12 tribes, and one of them would be Levi. And what he was, was, was saying here, as a matter of fact, let me read it. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek meet him, met him. I don't just give to impact my life, but, but to impact generations that will come after me. When I sow a seed, I break things over me and my children. I, I, I involve my children. Every part of me, everyone who will ever come out of me is involved in that transaction. And, and I put them, if you will, under a type of, uh, of covering. And if Abraham saw fit to tie to the shadow of Christ, how much more should we tie to the real and risen Christ? Where we're not dealing with shadows, we're not dealing with types, we're dealing with the actual thing, the actual person, the risen Lord. You see, God gave us two hands. One to help ourselves, but the second to help others. Matthew 23 and 23. Let's dig in a little bit more and let's listen to Jesus on the subject. Just want to strengthen you and make you strong and help you understand and grow your faith here. Jesus said, and Jesus kind of had an attitude here. He said, woe to you. You know, when he starts throwing out woes, that's serious. Scribes, Pharisees, then he calls them a name, hypocrites. Some folks think, I'm hard. Jesus is something else. He'll get right in your face in front of people and call your names, okay? <laughs> but he's Jesus. He said, for you pay the tithe like it's hush money. <laughs> y'all think y'all buying God with your little offerings. That's what he's saying. But let me, let me read it. For you pay tithe of mint, anise, and cumin. But you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. You see, they gave 10% out of their rigid religiosity, but they forgot to love people. They forgot to treat people right. And they forgot to trust God. But watch this. Watch, watch what he says. This is, this is Jesus speaking. These you ought to have done. Now, you can't get any clearer than this. He's saying, you ought to have tithed, but 
without leaving the others undone. We have it on the authority of Jesus himself that the tithe is an ought to. I don't know where people say it's not in the New Testament. The whole two chapters is invested in Melchizedek. And Jesus said, these things you ought to do. Am I in the word or am I making this up? There was a, a church in Texas, and I, I like Texas, they just have a different attitude down there, and, and they, they just say things, and I, and I like that. Kind of like the American Nigeria, you know what I'm saying? Where's Miriam? I don't see Miriam. All right. But, you know, you usually see these signs, you know, honk if you love Jesus, something like that. He said, their sign said, tithe if you love Jesus, anyone can honk. <laughs> Ain't that right? You know, Anne Frank, who um, helped uh, the Jews, some Jews escape, you know, the ovens and, and terrible deaths uh, in the time of the Nazis. She's a little girl, you know, caught up in, 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 the, in the room upstairs. Most of y'all are familiar with the story. She said this, the little girl, she said, no one has ever grown poorer by giving. And that's the truth. That's the truth. I don't want to torture you too much today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to move you to Mark chapter 12 and 41. And we're going to close. We're only going to cover a few verses and we're through for the morning. Let me fix that. Y'all do seem like you're enjoying the message because you're interested in growing. Okay, you're interested in growing. Okay, you're ready to grow. Let me just do a review real quick. Jesus is a, a high priest in the order of Melchizedek, okay? And Melchizedek only did three things. The first thing was the covenant meal, the bread and the wine. The second thing was what? The blessing. And the third thing is he received a tithe. So your high priest today does three things. Gives us a covenant with God, blesses us, and receives the tithe. Verse 41. Now, Jesus sat. Now, if you know the scriptures here, Jesus had a long morning. He was fielding hostile questions from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. It's really a tough day. He did more by noon than most of us do in a lifetime. And halfway through the day, he took a moment to rest. It says, now, Jesus sat opposite the treasury. He wanted to be refreshed. So to do so, guess what he did? He went to watch people give. And here's the question. If Jesus watched you give, would he be refreshed or depressed? Now, Jesus, he positioned himself opposite the treasury. And he saw how the people put money into the treasury. You see, as high priests... Jesus watches our contributions as closely as anything else. You see, Jesus is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. You know, Jesus goes on to tell, let me tell you something. You guys have no idea. This subject, it don't, I, don't get, I don't get a commission. It's not for me, it's for you. I have done this for 30 years, but let me tell you the truth here, lest you think there's some type of hustle. No, I, I got I'm sorry. I don't give 10%. I give over 20%. I did that when I was broke and I had nothing. 
I know what I'm talking about. And I know when Melchizedek gets on the scene, when I start honoring my high priest, he'll get involved in my affairs. And he'll start multiplying stuff and changing stuff and shifting stuff and making things possible that were impossible because I've, been, I've activated my high priest and, and he knows it's real. And, and every Sunday I say, you live, you live. My God lives and he reigns and the devil got to back up off my stuff because I put him first. And if we all put him first, dear God, what might he do? Sorry, a little attitude. I'm sorry. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. That's the problem. When I teach on a subject, I'm, what's happening is I'm, I'm talking about your God. Because your God is your stuff, not you. The person next to you, of course, is the person next to you. Your God is your stuff. So when I say, you know what, don't, don't serve that God, you're like, I'm out of here. No. God wants you to tie the free you from your stuff. You can't take anything with you. When you die, none of it will be in your coffin. You'll carry nothing to heaven, only the good works you did on earth. And if I could get that across, we can win as a people. He said, no one can serve two masters. You either hate the one, love the other. That's why some people say, I don't go to church, all they want is your money. Because you love money. And some pastor at some point made you choose. And made it apparent you love money more than God. Mm. Messages like this just expose our hearts. But guys, I think better of you. We can win this thing and, and you can do this thing. You can change this thing. Jesus sat there and he said, and many who were rich, watch this, put in much. You see, back then they had metal receptacles in the shape of a horn in which you placed your, your money. So when a wealthy person came and put a bunch of silver and, and gold coins in there, it made a, a huge noise and, and everyone would be like, wow, look at, look at how much they love God. Look how much they're giving to God and how much the person gave. But it's interesting when the wealthy came, often Jesus didn't smile. He didn't even flinch. But then one poor widow came. And she threw in two mites, which all it makes is, is a quadroon, which is barely enough to survive on for a day. When she dropped it in on the earth, you could barely hear a sound, a noise, not even barely a tinkle when she put in that little bit of money. But it registered in heaven like a slot machine jackpot. <laughs> because in the spirit... Bells rang and lights flashed, angels sang, but only Jesus heard. So he called his disciples who were so impressed with everybody else, said, you, 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 you didn't really see what was happening here. He called his disciples and he said to them, y'all marvel at the big givers, but you missed the greatest giver. He said, I sh- I, assuredly, I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given in the treasury today. You see, it was not the amount that God looked at. It was the proportion. It's not the, it's the proportion. We get impressed by the amount. But God is assessing it based on what percent of your stuff it is. 44. For they all put in out of their abundance. You see, 
1% of a million. Now, he said rich people were coming all day. So maybe there's some millionaires there. So 1% of a million is like $10,000. So imagine $10,000 worth of silver and gold coins. Man, when you put that into that trumpet, it'd be make that noise. And people are like, wow, he loves the Lord. Wow, that, that they really uh, are, 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 are going out for God. But, but the reality was, Jesus wasn't impressed. But she out of her poverty. You see, you don't have to be rich to be generous. You know, I've had the privilege of traveling around the globe, and, and I've been in some settings well, I know the meal they set out for me cost them everything they made that month. But what's amazing is in spite of their poverty, they show tremendous generosity. I remember just one of my, my last trip, we were giving away lollipops and, and, and one child, we, you know, got two and the, the young guy, I'm assuming it was the brother or I, I think it was, a, it could have been a sister. I'm not sure, but it was, it was a little one. And he only had two. Who knows the next time he's going to have something with sugar in his mouth? He gave it to the little one. You don't have to have a lot to be generous. Generosity has nothing to do with the size of your bank account, but the size of your heart. Now, now here's, here's, here's the rub, and we're going to read it, and we're going to be through Again, wealthy put in money all day, but they put in out of their abundance. This is Jesus commenting, but she out of her poverty. You see, most people give to God out of what they have left. That's your problem. Imagine if my relationship with my wife was, honey, when I'm through with everybody else, I'll get to you. <laughs> she laughed out loud. You see, most people, Lord, if I could fit it in. Lord, if I have enough left, then I'll break you off a piece. That's not a tithe. Tithe is putting God first. Saying, Lord, I know I had a hard week. I had a long week. My boss yelled at me, and, and I had a hard time getting to the job. And, but, Lord, you know what? After I bring home, Lord, they give me what's due me. Lord, you are first. I see you first. That's the type of faith. That causes God to do the types of things we want him to do. But when we have a leftover mentality, it's not worship. Jesus did not point to the rich people and say, wow, look at them. It was the widow who gave not what she had left, but all she had. It says her whole livelihood. Again, we don't have to be rich to be generous. All we have to do is be available. And what God is saying to his people today let me say this. The Bible says in Timothy, it says, teach the rich to be generous. And you say, that's not me. You haven't traveled. You have not been out of the United States of America. Our poor are wealthy compared to many around this globe. And the issue is not how much we make, but how much of God's heart do we have? And, and will we at some point put him first? Are we going to continue to have a relationship with God? Well, Lord, it's, you know what? Thank you for the cross. Thank you for all you did. When I get time, I'll get you back. Oh, Lord, I want every part of my life to be all in so I can, Father, be a part of expanding your kingdom and, and taking this message to the ends of the earth. If I was God, I'd ask for it all. But God only asked for peace. 
It's the last statement I once stated by uh, Amy Carmichael. We can give without loving. I've done it. I've done it out of obligation. I've done it because, you know, I just didn't uh, want the person to think I didn't care or just a lot of motivations at times. So we can give without loving. Sometimes they come by your door. Okay, just take this money. Get out of here, please. Okay. But we can't love without giving. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Derek Greer at gracechurchva.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermitu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click gracechurchva.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's gracechurchva.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. God wants you to live a life that's big, a life that's bigger than yourself and inspired by the vision he has just for you. The challenge is that sometimes we get stuck on the journey and things become stagnant and, and keep us from living up to our full potential. We know that sometimes, you know, things need to change, but we just don't know what or how. When this happens, the, the big question we must ask ourselves is how do I get unstuck? How do I break free from these limitations? To help you identify where you are on your journey to living big, I've developed an assessment tool that will reveal where you are and and where you're stuck. Based on your individual results, this tool will point you toward resources that are going to help you remove barriers and, and, and keep you moving forward. This assessment is completely free. Not only that, once you complete the assessment, you'll be directed to a page where you can claim a free copy of my brand new book, 120 Minutes to Live Big. Don't settle for mediocrity, live big. Let's get started by visiting canilivebig.com and let's visit it today. That's canilivebig.com.